Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'll be buried in my dream. Carolina, you're watching My Fellow Americans with your host, Spike Cohen. Hey, everybody. Hey, welcome to the show. Yes. Yes, it's me. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Yes. Yes. Clap if you believe. Clap for the miracle. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Welcome to my fellow Americans. I am literally Spike Cohen. Uh, guys, I'm so happy that you're here with me today, spending this time with me, Spike Cohen. What a what a blessing. What a blessing for you to spend a Wednesday night here on Facebook with Spike Cohen, me. Um, so, as always, please share this video with all of your closest people so that all of you can be together with me, Spike Cohen, and uh, comment with any questions that you have or any opinions and me and my guests will let you know if you're right or wrong or even just to say hi let us know uh if you are watching this on facebook like our page you've probably already done that but make sure that you've liked our page uh if you're watching this on youtube hit subscribe hit the little bell the bell is important turns out if you don't hit the bell then you're just another subscribe that doesn't know we're making videos and that's horrific and that's terrible we don't want that if you're on subscribe if you're on soundcloud press the follow button follow us on twitter Go on Instagram, slide up in our DMs. I don't know what that means, but but Matt does, and he 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 handles the DM sliding. So slide up in there, and Matt'll Matt'll slide right back. I don't know how that works, but do that. And uh, so just you know, maybe just do a Google search, type in Mighty Waters Media, anything that comes up, subscribe to it without any any thought at all. Um, I'd like to thank Mighty Waters Media, of course, for this opportunity for me to have my show. Uh, I'd like to thank Kroger for my delicious purified drinking water that I drink on this and almost every episode of My Fellow Americans. Uh, there have been a couple times that I've drank Zephyr Hills water, which is also good, but they don't sell that here. So unless we flee to Florida to get away from a hurricane, um, I'll probably be drinking Kroger water from now on. So Bula Vanaka. I'm not sure what that means, but Matt says it. Um, the music. The intro and outro music for this and so far every episode of My Fellow Americans is by my good friend, the very talented Mr. Joe Davi. That's J-O-D-A-V-I. Follow him on Facebook, on SoundCloud. Go on to his Bandcamp. He has a Bandcamp website. Go there, 
purchase all of his music. He's got he doesn't have a lot on there. It'll cost you like six bucks. Go in there, you'll be so happy. You'll thank me that you did it. Please go in there. Thank you so much, Joe Davi. Shout out to Tate Ron Turks' mom and them as always. Guys, I am super excited to introduce my guest tonight. She's a really good friend. I really look forward to having her on. This was the perfect time to do it. She is a full-time parent. She is a uh, homeschool teacher. And she's also the creator of Ashtopia, which is a, uh, a blog and uh, YouTube uh, channel that she has where she's chronicling uh, all sorts of stuff. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to my show the lovely and talented Ashley Brewer. Ashley, thank you so much for joining my fellow Americans. Hello there. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have you on. You're one of my favorite people. I'm so honored when you said yes. Uh, thank you so much Aww. for coming on. You're one of the best people on Facebook, too. So. Oh, that's so <laughs> so true. Thank you, you so much. You make it so tolerable. <laughs> I make Facebook. I, Spike Cohen, I, you know, we here at My Fellow Americans, our goal is to make social media tolerable um, and uh, something that you don't leave in a, in a fit of anger um, or, or only do occasionally. <laughs> Um, how is your how's your 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 move going? You're you're pretty well settled in now. Uh, yeah, it's been a month now. We moved from you know Florida to San Antonio, and we're settled in. And that's when I started all my projects and you know, getting to know Texas more. It's a beautiful state. Yeah, I, I know. I I there are. Um, I don't think I have a Facebook friend that lives in Texas that isn't like an evangelical Texan that like, you know, come to Texas, Texas is the best thing that's ever had, you know, like, I don't, I don't think I have any Facebook friends from Texas that are like, yeah, Texas is all right. Everyone's like, Tex Texas is the best, the best thing ever. Please come to Texas. So it sounds like you're, you're, yeah, you're becoming I'm, a, I'm, I'm a recent convert for sure. I totally preferred over Florida. No doubt. <laughs> Good. Yeah. And that's the other thing is that most of my Florida people are like, yeah, there's enough people in Florida already. Like they're, they're, I get a couple of, of happy Florida people, but the Texas people are definitely uh, are definitely uh, definitely the, the, the most um, evangelical. So I always start off uh, by asking my guests about their beliefs, specifically their political beliefs. How would you describe yourself politically? And, and would you say that how would you say you got there? Was there like an aha moment? And you said, oh, I'm suddenly this. Uh, or was it kind of a gradual evolution in your thinking from how you used to believe? You know, what, how would you describe that? Well, I would say now I am a, a minarchist. Okay. It was a long journey to get here. I was actually quite the staunch feminist liberal back in my youth. Oh, wow. You know, late, early 20s. Um, and then, you know, I grew up <laughs> and <laughs> things started becoming more evident that there's consequences to certain methods you know, right. and uh, like realizing that, yeah, and and just realizing that my uh, worldview wasn't consistent. And mm. so it took a lot of self-reflection and looking at things and studying and learning. And now I am where I am. So when we met, I think we're both kind of evolving uh, in, in one direction. I don't know. I don't know if I'm helping drag you over here. But um, when we met, I was more of kind of where you are. And you were, I guess, sort of, I guess, a conservative. More, more so than oh, like yeah. a libertarian minarchist. Like, yeah, I was pretty ridiculous. I, I was on the whole, you know, if, if Trump was running back then, I would have been like one of them Trump trained people. Yeah. Which is it funny because Trump's. It's for me to admit that. <laughs> well, it, it does. And that's, that's quite a, a, a bit of candor for this show. I appreciate that. Um, but he, uh, 
What's funny is Trump's not even that conservative, and yet right. the most diehard conservatives are also his. It's weird. Like, it's the ones that you would think that would support him the most, the political moderate center-right people that are kind of like, eh, you know, he's, uh, I don't know what to think. I, you know, I can, you know, take the good with the bad or whatever. And it's the ones that he really actually doesn't really line up with politically that are like Trump train 2020, you know. So uh, it's kind of fun. But yeah, I, I, I probably I don't think I would have been a Trumper. I would have been a Trumper in the early 2000s when I was like a neocon. I probably would have just because he's such a staunch, you know, Israel supporter. And he wanted there, there you know, he's not quite as, as bad as Bush with, with bombing, but. He's he's good with bombing lots of countries. I, I think I think I I, I definitely would have. Uh, I think they all are. <laughs> yeah, I I don't. I mean, even on the the you know the so-called left, they're they're good with that too. So I, I think I would have probably been there too. So um so what is your you know when you say minarchist, what are the things that you think you know your ideal government would look like? What? Um, well, a lot of people would find it extreme. I think government should be so minute it would be like on the town level. Okay. Um, uh, I, I do think a federal government should exist only for one purpose only, and that's to protect the land. Uh, but other than that, as far as like how everything should run, you know, should be governed by the people on a very small scale. And, uh, because I believe that there should be some rules that people have to abide by, you know, right. um, but, uh, definitely not this magnitude. I, I wouldn't even say county level. I would just say like city town whatever <laughs> that that's how extreme i've become from you know big government with my agendas to really small town maybe sort of kind of wild west-esque you know <laughs> well you know here's um, the thing i mean there are probably places that would be somewhat wild west but so you're saying not just small but decentralized too so really specific to that area right yeah right. so that's and that's that's the direction I want to go to. I'd like to keep going until we've, you know, uh, decentralized to the individual. But ultimately, you know, what you're talking about is is close to that, where your government's going to look like your local community and what what they want, not you know even what the entire state wants or what the much less what the country wants, which there is no such thing as what the country wants. It's you know competing special interests. But um, right, yeah. So I'm 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 you know I, I had someone on. Uh, uh, a guest on two or three episodes ago who is actually uh, one of the uh, representatives uh, in the libertarian party and he's he's an anarcho-capitalist like me but you know one thing he said is that we're all headed in the same direction if and when we get there we can you know argue about the specifics of you know how far we should go but at least for now we are all in agreement that you know where we're headed and where we are is you know completely unacceptable and we need to be going entirely in the different in the other direction absolutely yeah, yeah. so i've really enjoyed your videos on ashtopia i know you have a blog too i've read some of that but i've, I've mostly focused on your on your youtube channel um what got you started doing that well i've been wanting to do it for a long time and i just never had the confidence to um you know it's not easy being overweight in a public arena, mm. but um, I've always wanted to jump into it. I have so many interests and so many things I want to do, and I just wanted to share them. So it's still in its infancy. Like, I still need better equipment and all that, but I just wanted to go ahead and jump into it and share a bit of life and all this chaos that we have all over social media, right. you know, try to bring a fresh view of things, so... <laughs> that's cool yeah so you're where i was 
roughly three months ago. So when I was asked to start this show, which is something I had flirted with for, <clears throat> I don't know, years, um, I always talked myself out of it. And then this time I said, I started with all my excuses. I don't have the equipment. I don't have this. I don't have that. And, and I said, actually, my wife said, uh, which is why I listened. Um, she said, you know, uh, just start, just start doing it. And we'll, you know, get to that other stuff as we go. We'll, we'll get to the mm -hmm. equipment and everything else. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And so then my, um, for the, for you and for the folks watching, uh, if you watch my first couple of episodes, um, you'll be glad I got new equipment because, uh, I was just using my old, you know, I have a five-year-old laptop. I was using the, uh, the, uh, webcam on that. And I was using the, uh, you know, the microphone that was built into it. And, and, and I, my show was what you would expect that to look like and sound like. And, um, and so in doing that, I, I thought, you know what, I need to really get like how your show, how your videos look 50 times better than, than, than how mine started. <laughs> um, it was just a very, very, and I was trying to go live, uh, with a, with a bad internet connection. So I, I just thought there's a lot of, there was just uh, suck on top of suck. And, uh, and so, um, so that got me to, thankfully prime day was a couple weeks later. And so I, I got a bunch of stuff. So now it's, now I look something, something resembling professionalism, but, uh, but I can definitely, uh, sympathize where you are right now. Yeah. Thanks. It, it's a work in progress, but that's the thing. That's what I like about some of the smaller YouTube channels is that you see their progress and I want to be one of those people. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's you cool. Yeah. Progress. I mean, you're going to learn like with editing and with, uh, you know, as you get different equipment and stuff like it's going to progress. But I, like I said, now it's still, I would say it's, it's, you know, good production values even now. So, um, Thanks. so it's been, it's been really good. Do you get into any, uh, you know, I know your YouTube just started, but I know your blog's been going a little longer. Do you get into, you know, political or religious stuff or anything like that? Or is it more just sort of, sort of a personal blog for now? Honestly, I'm going to keep it more personal. Um, the, I think there's just way too much division, division and chaos going on. Right. And, you know, like I said, I just want to be, I want to be something a little more fresh, you know, just share me. And though my political views and religious views are a part of me, God is right. a part of my life. Um, you know, if he does come up, then people know that that's my personal thing. Right. But it's not, you know, talking about it, it's not going to really be my focus. Um, I don't know if it will be later. But for now, it's just sharing my interests and my goals and stuff that I'm doing right now, like the weight loss. And pretty soon I'll be throwing gaming into there, you know, stuff like that, because I'm just a big dork. <laughs> um, the cosplay yeah, stuff and like Comic-Con and stuff like that. Stuff, I'm kind of avoiding it right now. Right, right, right. I saw that I, I had glanced at your blog just to say I had looked at it. Um, and I saw that you had put the stuff from the Tampa Bay Comic-Con. So I assume you'll be having more of the, the comic and, and, and cartoon stuff on there as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Once we, uh, my husband just started his new job. So once we start, you know, bringing in some more money and new budgeting and all that, I'll be able to, to go to these conventions and share my nerdism with everyone. Cool. That's really cool. Um, something that you shared, um, I, I would say probably the most engaging video that, that you had made. Um, and um, what caught my eye the most was you had talked about the body positivity movement and mm. what it meant to you and the, what you saw as the positive and negative aspects of it. Um, as you know, and maybe some of my, my viewers uh, know, I've lost close to 100 pounds in the last two years. Um, it wasn't primarily for weight loss reasons. It was for uh, health reasons uh, related to my MS, but I 
when I went to, when, you know, when my doctor told me I had MS and I said, well, what can I do outside of treatment and everything else? And they said, you could lose a few pounds. And, uh, I took that as well as someone would take that, um, <laughs> to hear that from a non-nutritionist doctor, just a neurologist saying, yeah, you could lose a few pounds. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I was, I've most of my life been overweight. Um, uh, I, am I'm, I'm sure my BMI technically went into obese territory, but I, I I'm not really sure. I, I kind of stopped weighing myself after a point. Um, so I, I lost, you know, quite a bit of weight for health reasons. I know you've, like you were saying, just saying you've been losing weight, you've been on your weight mm-hmm. loss journey and, and it's something I can see. I mean, I can, I can see the difference that's, that's happened there. Well, thanks. Um, that's yeah, cool. definitely. <laughs> um, talk to me about the whole body positivity movement and the good and bad and, and that you see from it and, and what it means to you. Mm. Well, I think I'll start off with the good first. Okay. And the good is that, um, like I said earlier, I didn't want to start the YouTube channel because of my weight, because being overweight in a public arena, it's just, that's what people are going to look at first, right. you know, appearance, everything. Um, so the thing about the, bo- the body positivity movement that I like is that they're saying, Hey, looks aren't everything, you know, and you can still feel pretty about yourself. You can still feel like a respectable person, you know, despite how much weight you're carrying or how different you look to certain people. So I I get that message and I appreciate that message because I really think that since beauty is subjective, um, people should still be respected and, you know, not treated horribly because someone doesn't like the way they look, you know? Right, right that basic fundamental principle that should be encouraged and spread. Um, but as with anything good, it could be taken to an extreme, right. Uh, and turn into something else entirely where we see a lot of encouragement for unhealthy behavior. Um, you know, I'm, I'm technically morbidly obese and I'm working on those things, but I'm looking around and I'm seeing a lot of these people telling other morbidly obese young women and men even that it's okay to be that way. And as far as like freedoms are concerned, yeah, live the way you want. You know, if you want to make those choices, make those choices. Of course, of course. But but to tell these people that it's healthy and just lying, you know, that's where it rubs me the wrong way. Right, right. It's dangerous. It's, it's, It's pretty dangerous. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I used I, to I used to be that way actually. Uh, I used to follow a lot of plus size models that were like, "Hey, look at me. Here's a picture of me at the gym." Right. Um so like I still work out, but I'm still morbidly obese and right. you fat haters need to just, you know, and it got me thinking, you know, if you're really working out that much, you wouldn't still be the same size. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, yeah. Yeah, I I I agree with you on this and especially like I was I don't, like I said, I'm not sure if I was ever, I, I probably was considered obese. I, I think the BMI is largely nonsense. Like I'm technically, there are some scales on the BMI that say that I'm overweight and I'm 150 pounds at 5'10". And um, yeah, that's I would argue that I'm not overweight and that uh, if anything, I need to put on some weight because that's what people keep telling me. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, uh, I think the BMI and I think, in fact, you had said that in the video, you know, being 5'11 and 130 pounds might work for some builds, but that's not necessary. Yeah. There, there's going to be a lot of health issues that come with that for most most people's builds. Um, I'm right. certainly not ever if I weigh 130, um, that's I'm probably uh, in uh, some very serious health issues. Uh, that's not a good that's not a good look for me. 
Um, so I, I'm not a big fan of BMI, but I'm, I'm probably technically was technically obese. Um, at one point I was like close to 250. Um, and, and, you know, I would get the, you know, the, the, the off comments. I think, first of all, there's also, uh, I think women that are heavy get it worse than men that are heavy. Um, for, including from women, uh, has been my observation. Um, that's, I, I would, would you tend to agree with that? That it's like, a, a, oh, yeah. women it's like a worst. fat woman is going to get worse <laughs> than a, a fat man. Yeah. Women are totally the worst. Yeah. Totally the worst. Because the yeah. they're very competitive, you know. Right, right. They they don't like, uh, you know, like I said, it's, beauty's a subjective thing. You have some men oh, that like underweight women, and then you have some men that like overweight women, and then you have men that like whatever woman. Right. Uh, and all the women are just competing for all these men with their different tastes, regardless of their size and their build. So right, they right. are just <laughs> Very cutthroat, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I, I, I've seen some of the fat shaming of women from men but it's like worse from other women um and, and not just fat shaming but just shaming in general um but like you said the the fact that someone is overweight morbidly obese obese skinny whatever they're still a human being they still have their rights they still have their agency they still have their like you can't you you shouldn't treat them like a second class person um because of that um the where the line happens is, like you said, when you're now saying this is healthy, this is good, the people saying this aren't healthy are bad people, and they're you know trying to hurt your they're 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 just as bad as someone calling you a, you know a, a whale or whatever. It's is is just as bad as someone saying you know this isn't good for your heart health and you know you're at a higher risk of xyz and so it would be good if you lost this much. That's as bad as like calling you names. And that's ridiculous. Right. I mean, that's someone who's yeah. That, that's why I. That's why I'm sorry. That's why I no, no, avoid the term fat shame because they equivocate that. And right. someone genuinely saying, "Hey, you know this." I know you're in your early 20s, but by right. the time you reach your early 30s, mid 30s, you're really going to feel it. And right. that's what I've been trying to people because I'm in my early 30s, right? And I'm feeling it. Um, and to go back a little to how they get treated badly i don't know if you ever saw it but tyra banks did a special one time and i really don't follow her very much but um she had dressed up disguised herself as an overweight person an overweight woman and she was walking downtown and yeah i think i saw a bit of that yeah yeah and there was some real fat shaming going on like you know well they're not going to pay attention to you because you're ugly you know that kind of thing right 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 but like it reminded me of my experience of when I was younger and more athletic, I was getting attention constantly, constantly yeah. people opening doors for me, catcalling, whatever. Um, and then when I gained weight, hardly anyone looks at me in the eyes anymore in public, yeah. you know, hardly anyone opens doors for me. Hardly anyone says, excuse me, you know, and, and that is where I think the body positivity movement can be effective is, treat this like a person this is a human being right you right. know and you act like they don't exist um or that there's some kind of smelly monster and um i think the the body positive movement should focus on that you know rather than oh if you speak any kind of negative word about being overweight then about obesity no, yeah yeah right. yeah and yeah. it's just there, there's an extreme there that needs to be dealt with because right. there's young impressionable people that are buying into it and going around flaunting their weight and saying 
you know, just playing in the identity politics, you right. know, basically. And well, it's just, you can be fat and beautiful, but you can't be fat and healthy. And, and people and, need and, to stop perpetrating the opposite. And, and that's the thing. And because they're still young, they might feel fine. Like, right. you know, when I was heavy at 20, uh, uh, you know, in my, in my 20s, that was completely different than even six years later. Like you said, early 30s, all of a sudden it's like, man, I'm having some mm -hmm. difficulty uh, uh, getting up from, you know, laying down or whatever. You know, it's a, this yeah. isn't as fun as it, my back is not cooperating like it used to. So when you're in your teens, early 20s, you can be three, 400 pounds. And yes, it's going to be harder. Life's going to be harder than if you were if you were thinner, but you can still get around like a normal person with, with little to no difficulty. And if everyone's telling you, yeah, this is fine. This is great. You know, you're healthy. Uh, don't let the haters tell you otherwise. You can trick yourself into thinking everything's fine. And by the time you realize that's not true, it could hopefully not be too late, but it could you could have suffered needlessly in the meantime. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, now I, I'm reaping the the repercussions of not taking care of my body for so long. Right. You know, I've had a lot of health problems and that, that's what also helped me decide to lose weight because my daughter's getting older. You know, yep. my husband and I are getting older and if I don't, I mean, I've signed an early death just by eating takeout all the time and not moving around. Right. You know, so I got to do something Yeah. and I don't want someone to be in that same boat where they're happy with life and then end up in a hospital bed because someone told them it was okay to be the way they were. And, and no, and everyone felt, uh, uh, silenced from saying, Hey, look, you know, you're not going to live as long and your quality of life isn't going to be as good in the meantime. Um, mm -hmm. and I care about you and want you to be okay. You know, the flip side, like you said, with body positivity, a lot of people, I, I truly was just lazy and liked eating crap. Um, I don't think there was any kind of an emotional issue to it. I was just like, I was just a guy who just ate whatever I wanted and, <laughs> uh, and, and did whatever I wanted, which was often nothing. Um, and so, but a lot of people that are, that are heavy, um, they may have gotten there because of emotional eating. They may have gotten there because of all sorts of issues. And now if they're bigger and people are giving them a hard time about it and saying mean things to them or treating them differently, that just adds to the shame spiral and they're, you know, eating more and everything else. So, you know, that doesn't work to help you know them them be healthier or lose weight or whatever um and neither does the other it's it, it, it's somewhere in the middle where you're loving that person treating them the same way you would treat them as if they were if they were you know healthier um but also saying hey look you know in the same way that if someone you know we don't say that someone's cancer shaming if they say hey look you know you need to get that checked out that's you know uh that's something that that because you care about the person you're encouraging them to get that checked out. And it's the same right. thing with, you know, if, if I know someone that's, that's heavy, that isn't getting help, um, then I would, I would say something. And if, if I know someone, you know, like you, that is getting help and is doing it, I encourage you because not because you're going to be a better person by being thinner, but because I know that you're going to feel better. You're going to live longer. You're going to have a better quality of life. And I want that for you. So I, I think that's, that's what the goal should be. Not telling people that, I think a lot of these people, they're what they're trying to say through body positivity is there's nothing wrong with me. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm still right. a good person, but it's coming out as I'm great. You know, this is this is a good thing that I'm doing to myself. It's very healthy. And uh, and, you know, anyone who says otherwise is wrong. And that's that's unhealthy. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. it absolutely is. And what I've noticed through losing weight is I'm, I'm a very self-conscious person. 
I deal with depression and self-doubt and all right. that jazz. But I have noticed that each pound that I shed away and each YouTube video that I do, the more I just do what I'm uncomfortable with and just push through and succeed in something, I'm noticing some changes in myself. Yes, I've always been a decent person, but I'm actually starting to see that right. through you know, adopting healthier behavior. And um, I think that will really, instead of people deceiving themselves and lying to themselves, if they actually push through what's uncomfortable and do something different, they will find a genuine appreciation of who they are as a person oh, instead of, of trying to browbeat a repetition, a repetitive lie right. of, you know, I'm, I'm better this way, I'm healthy this way, everyone must accept it or else. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? So by losing the weight, like you said, they'll see things in themselves, but they'll also feel better too. I mean, there's, there's something to be said about, and I'm sure you've already seen it with the weight that you've lost, doing certain things is easier. Uh, uh, there are things that you may have avoided doing because they were uncomfortable and now you're, you're able to do them better, um, getting around more easily. Um, I, uh, that's something I didn't really appreciate until I had MS stuff, like just getting around and like walking and, and doing things and you know on good days i really appreciate that whereas there was a point where i you know was 100 pounds overweight and i'm like ah, you know i'm getting around okay but i definitely got around better having lost that weight um and so and 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 i was never what i i guess you would consider morbidly obese so i can definitely imagine that you know like okay i can get up out of bed more easily i can shower more easily i can like stuff that a lot of people take for granted i can do that better i like how i look i can fit you know i have a I, I would imagine it's easier to find clothes in the normal sizes than in, in, in larger sizes. So there are more types of clothes you can wear. Um, you know, you start getting compliments from people and things like that on your weight loss and, and all of that. So that's, that's, that's really good stuff on your, your weight loss journey. What has been your, what have you found so far to be the most effective for that? Uh, intermittent fasting. Okay. Intermittent fasting has been basically the best thing ever. Um, some people do different windows. Mine, I fast for 20 hours, and then I have a four-hour window. Oh, wow. Yeah. The first couple of days was brutal, but yeah. <laughs> it, it was pretty brutal, but lots of water. And I'm realizing I have more energy now, and I burn straight fat when I'm doing stuff. And it's just, it's been remarkable. My energy levels are so much higher. Um, and I really feel like I can do more things because for a while I would have to get, I'm, I'm going to admit this to everyone watching. Okay. This is the horrible part of being fat. The millions of viewers had, of my fellow Americans. <laughs> I would have to get my husband to shave my legs because it was so difficult for me to just bend and shave and bend and shave. You know, it was, it was so hard. And right. now just by losing some weight i'm nowhere near my goal weight yet but just losing the little bit that i've lost with the intermittent fasting i can shave i can get up without feeling like all my bones are about to break and my kneecaps pop out and fly across the room you know i feel like i'm starting to feel like I'm which is not advisable person. that's that's not that looks worse <laughs> than having unshaved legs so yeah yeah, so, I mean, just the intermittent fasting alone, I feel like a completely different person. I feel like I can get out there and do what normal people are doing. So, That's all good stuff. That low carb. So I want to go back to 20-hour fast. So I've, I'm familiar with intermittent fasting. I do 
somewhat casually now. I was more hardcore about it, but I somewhat casually am doing 16-8. Sometimes that turns more into 12-12, um, and then sometimes I, I don't do it at all at this point. Sometimes, the, more recently, I've been just eating to try to maintain weight because my, my diet's so healthy, it's hard to gain weight on it. Um, uh, but when I do the fasting, I tend to do the 16-8, 20 hours of not eating and then four hours. So are you just like eating not necessarily a lot, but you're eating like what would be three meals worth in a four hour window? Uh, no, I can't. It's impossible. Right. Stomach has shrunk so much that I just can't eat as much anymore. But what I do eat is high fat, high protein, very low carb. So the stuff I'm eating is very filling and wholesome. <laughs> um, for a quick dessert, I'll have some berries and cheese. I, I would say I'm like borderline keto, um, but I'm not entirely because I'll throw in some pita my side salad. Um, but yeah, it's mainly just low carb, high fat, and intermittent fasting. That's nice. it. That's good. Yeah, the, the, the diet for me, the exercise is what keeps me like able to do things it's the diet that really like shed the weight um that that gets a lot of people they, they work out but they still eat crap and, and they wonder why they have plateaued on their weight loss that's really where it is 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 the is eating right yeah. um so you're not like fully ketogenic where you're where you're checking your ketones and all that but you're just eating like a lower oh no sort of like a semi-paleo high focusing yeah, more on I fat and protein and less on mess. carbs <laughs> yeah there's just no time for all that mess I mean, yeah that's that i can't it's too much it puts too much of a work-based mindset for me and it it will i'll just blow out yeah you know and i'll yeah. cave it becomes a it chore becomes too hard yeah. yeah 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 this is more of an adjustment changing to what my body has been trained to do for, for so many years i'm retraining my body nice. and i'm controlling my body instead of my body controlling me so yeah i'm definitely on board with the it's 80% what you put in and 20% working out. Yeah. And, you know, I, I can't do this other stuff that people can do. And if, if, if they do it and it works, that's great. But I can't, right. not with my schedule and lifestyle. Yeah. When people would ask me to like, you know, what are your macros? And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And then they would show me these charts and I'm like, I'm never going to do that. Like I, I'm tell me I can't eat a certain thing or that I should focus on eating this over this, that I can do, that I can keep track right. of. Or even say, you know, like I try to get at least uh, six to eight, nine cups of vegetables and, and fruit in a day. That I can do. But when you start that the ratio of this to this, I'm not even going to want to eat. I'm going to, you know, like it's it's going to, I'm going to end up just backsliding into eating whatever I want because it's 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 a chore and you've made it like, you've made it, you know, like something I don't enjoy. I want to enjoy eating and, and what I've liked about this change right. in my eating is that I can eat pretty much whatever I want or as much as I want, but of certain things. So it's never like, oh, I, sh I want to eat, but I can't eat because I'm on a diet. It's right. these are the things I can eat and I can really eat as much of it as I want. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I don't want to be a slave to a diet. I want right. to have a lifestyle change that is appropriate for my body and right. how my body reacts to certain foods. And I don't want to be a slave to you have to have all your I's dotted and your T's crossed and you right. have to have this number and that number and this and that. And it just becomes so, so overwhelming. And it's and not sustainable. You're not going to do that for 20 years. Right. There's, Which, there's just no way. And if right, I'm not right. going to do that in five years, I'm <laughs> not going to do that today. 
I wouldn't do that next <laughs> week. Yeah. No, I, right. when people, when people show me that stuff, I'm like, I will never, you could get me to do this for a few days and then I will, I'll, I'll, you know, if this were some kind of crash diet or something, maybe, but this is a lifestyle change I'm doing. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do it that way. So, so I know I, I definitely agree with you on that. So, um, so, so that's the kind of stuff you talk about on the, on the show. What other, what other types of things do you get into or on your, on your, uh, YouTube channel? What, uh, what other type of stuff do you, do you talk about? Uh, well, I briefly touched on beauty stuff, but I also want to do, uh, like homeschool tips or office management kind of stuff, you know, like informative videos. Um, you know, we do a lot of the unschooling method, of right. my daughter, and I kind of want to encourage that for other parents because we're all under this pressure that they have to learn these subjects right now, now, right. now they got to know these things now. And, uh, with some kids, it's just not possible. I mean, my daughter, she's got a, an auditory processing disorder okay. and, uh, you know, so it affects how she reads and, uh, how she responds to instructions and stuff like that. Um, and then it just gets to the point where school is just not fun. It is like a major chore. So with the unschooling, I have her focus on the, the subjects that she excels in and she does those things. So we do a lot of zoology and, and really just encourage her to do stuff that we know she's good at and that she's confident in so that when we do get to the not so savory subjects that she doesn't like, she'll breeze through them real fast just so she can do the other stuff that she wants because you've incentivized so, learning. Right. 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 So yeah. we, uh, I want to, you know, get some how to's or do's and don'ts and just kind of touch base with other parents that, yeah. So it doesn't have to be that difficult because really, right. I mean, you have the world at your fingertips with the internet. There's right. so many free sources out there. There's so many documentaries and projects and groups to get involved with that, uh, pretty much all that stuff does the work for you really all parents need to do is just be patient and you're just guiding them through that and that's the hard part yeah (laughs) but it can all be done and i think that uh instead of feeling that pressure to have every subject down and acing every single subject i think you need to encourage learning as a fun thing and uh kids will really attune to that easily that's cool stuff yeah i i really admire you and anyone that homeschools their their children. I was homeschooled for a few years in elementary, I guess the elementary level. And then uh, I had to go back into public schooling for a while. And then uh, the last few years of my high school, I was homeschooled because I was an absolute nightmare and none of the public schools would take me. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I have no I idea how my parents, I have no idea how my parents tolerated me, much less homeschooled me. Uh, but I'm very grateful that they did, and I'm very grateful for that experience. Um, the government has definitely demonstrated that they have absolutely no business schooling children. Uh, they're not good at it, and what they are good at is, you know, forcing people into conformity and indoctrination, and and you know, uh, churning out a bunch of uh, people that that don't know how to think for themselves and hate learning. They hate learning stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. because they associate learning with institutionalization it's like prison and um and that's horrific because we naturally want to learn stuff you see a kid is sucking up everything around them um so i really i have to give it to you anyone that that has done it um you mentioned unschooling our last guest jack lloyd uh he is a big proponent of unschooling um and he talks a lot about you know a lot of it is sort of where the unschooling comes in you're sort of removing depending on how long they've been in school, a lot of times you're removing some of the institutionalization 
and you're teaching them that learning is not this horrible chore. Uh, it is something that they have to do, um, right. just like they have to eat and they have to breathe air and they have to drink water, but they don't look at those things as chores because they weren't given those things as chores, whereas they've been given learning as a chore, whereas learning really should be, you know, like you said, you know, you focus on the things that you really like. Did you find that it was difficult when you started unschooling your daughter that did she have any resistance or was it really just a, a smooth thing to bring her into it? Well, we're still kind of in a transitional phase of that because right. for so long I was going by the book. You know, mm. I was trying to, being someone who was publicly schooled and who has never homeschooled before, you know, right. I never felt qualified to do that. So I would try to do things by the book. Um, and that became a chore for both of us. And so right now we're in this transitional phase, especially now that I live in Texas. Uh, where the government is not breathing over parents' necks of how they homeschool their children. Um, we're kind of going through this phase where, yeah, she still has to do her necessary subjects, but let's focus on the really good stuff that she enjoys, like, you know, the science and the zoology and biology and history and, you know, that kind of stuff. And then do the other stuff you don't like later. But yeah, it's a transitional phase and mm -hmm. she's starting to adapt to it better. But there's also the big move as well. You know, when you have a big life change like that, there's kind of like a reset button. Moving several states over, that's fun. a, yeah, of course. So there, there's that big transitional phase that we're going through from, from traditional classroom style school to unschooling while moving. And so she, and I think she's appreciating this a little more because it doesn't feel like so much work for right. her, for, for nothing. You know, her mindset is, there's all this work for nothing. Right. You know, oh, I'm done for school for the day. Yay. You know. <laughs> but what actually had, like, what, what good came from that as opposed to now she's actually learning and appreciating what she's, what she's learned? She, she's more exuberant about it. You know, she'll right. come up to me with books and, and show me things that she never used to do that. You know, right. She'd, right. She'd just drudge through, get it done. Now she will actually tell me something that she learned through a book or a documentary or something. And, and that shows me that this is working for her because she's actually absorbing and appreciating knowledge. Right. right. And that's how we learn. You know, some people, when you talk about the unschooling method where it's like, you know what, if they're not really into math, we teach them the basics, but we're not going to shove, you know, trigonometry down their throats if they don't care. About and people bristle about it. And I'll say, what part of calculus do you remember? What part of trigonometry do you remember? Or if you're a, let's say you're, you, that was what you were really into. What part of whatever subject you didn't like, you know, what part of phys ed do you remember? What part of, you know, uh, 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 you know, home ec or, or history or, you know, literature or whatever thing you didn't like, what part of that do you remember? You know, yes, it was shoved down your throat, but how did that work out for you? As opposed to if you, you know, if, if she's really into science and zoology and nature and those types of things, you focus on that. Yes, you work those other things in so that she at least has the, the you know, foundational stuff that we all need in each of those mm -hmm. subjects. You know, she's literate. She knows, you know, math. She knows those things. But if she's never going to be a, an engineer and, and isn't interested in trigonometry and you could instead focus that energy uh, that she would spend resisting that into things that she's really into, she could end up being a zoologist or a marine biologist or, a, you know, a veterinarian or, or, you know, whatever she ended up being. Um, you know, and, and, and she may also find as she grows that her interests change. So, no, I'm, I'm, I am a, a, a huge fan of the entire method. We are essentially 
forcing kids to use a Prussian model uh, uh, that was made in the, you know, made after the Napoleonic Wars. Uh, it was developed to create better soldiers that would be able to fight wars more efficiently. And over time, we've shoehorned that into the industrial age and, you know, making good worker bees and, and, and whatever. But it's not, especially in the era we live in, but really ever, it was never about fostering people's desire to learn. It was, it has always been about, you know, uh, rubber stamping, about, you know, uh, churning out a bunch of things to do specific tasks and and that's you know we're not insects we're people and so i really like the idea of like teaching people as individuals where they are so i, I salute you in doing that thanks <laughs> well ashley thank you so much for joining my show it has been a real blast and I, i'm again i'm so honored that you came on well thank you i loved being here yeah this has been a lot of fun i'll have to have you on again any do you have any final thoughts uh, anything you, you know, we didn't get to cover that you'd like to talk about or, and also this is a chance for you to, to plug any, all of your wares, anything you want to plug, feel free to plug away. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, uh, one of the most important subjects for me right now is the body positivity thing. And I really think people should think seriously about it. Um, you know, before they jump in on one side or the other, I think there needs to be an objective approach to appreciating people and informing people. Um, and same with, with homeschool. I think parents really need to reconsider what their kids are being put through. Um, because I, I could go on this long tangent about my experiences through public education and the failures of it. Right. Um, but really with the way, with the way things are, I think people just need to really be more informed um, about everything because we're calling this the age of information and there's so much misinformation going right. on. Um, so I think there needs to be more legitimate searching going on instead of just throwing opinions and feelings everywhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we live in the age where you can pick up a device and discover anything that you want. And most people are, are going on to like, and there's nothing wrong with talking about sports or taking pictures of your butt. But if that's all you're doing with that, there's there's a serious disconnect because our ancestors struggled to just find a book, and you know we can now you know learn anything <laughs> we want. So no, I'm definitely with you yeah. there. So you're so Ashtopia. You um, we will put it in the show notes. But your what is so your blog and your YouTube? How do we how do we find that? Uh, well, my blog is lifeinashtopia.com. Okay. Uh, as far as my YouTube channel, I can, you know, have you put the link in yeah, for we'll me put the link down that. there. So, so. but yeah, that, cool. that's my shameless plugging for the day. <laughs> that's great. Hey, this show is all about shameless plugging. We actually just, <laughs> we actually just passed the threshold where we can now start doing product placements and oh. uh, I'm going to be at like five, 10 bucks a pop. I'm going to be ruthless in selling dollar shave club and, uh, you know, different Very shampoos, nice. anything they give me, I'm going to sell it like it's my favorite thing ever, which it is. Well, it Dollar is Shave favorite. Club does rock. I will say that for you. Yes, get it. It's awesome. Well, don't say that yet because we're not making any money. Um, and oh, and I don't know crap. if that's who. Whatever, you know, it's fine. Whatever, whatever they give me, I don't care what it is. They can give me. Uh, uh, I well, I mean, as long as I, I don't want to hurt anyone. But if if uh, if it's legal and uh, and it's uh, not going to hurt me. Uh, or anyone else, then uh, I'm definitely, I'm going to have lawnmowers. I don't care. I will live stream <laughs> shampooing. I don't care. So I will definitely do that. So <laughs> Ashley, thank you again so much for your time. Thank you so much.
it was great having you on. I can't wait to have you on again. That was absolutely awesome. So, so thank you so much. And guys, on behalf of me, Spike Cohen, and on behalf of my guest, Ashley Brewer, we'd like to thank you for joining us at My Fellow Americans. And I'd like to ask you to tune in tomorrow night. Don't know when yet, but it'll be tomorrow night when Matt Wright will be interviewing someone. I'm not 100% sure who. I think I know who, but I don't want to say that it's this person. Because if it's not, then this will be a severe disappointment to you. But I think it's going to be someone that's really exciting. And uh, and so that should be enough for you to hopefully tune into the writer's block tomorrow at probably like 7-ish. I think 8, something, whatever. Uh, follow our show and uh, follow our channels. And uh, you will know because he'll premiere it. And uh, thank you again for tuning in to my fellow Americans. On behalf of myself, Spike Cohen, and my guest, Ashley Brewer, thank you so much. And God bless you.